We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm thrilled to have you here for another amazing episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, here's two ways that you can connect with me. First, if you'd like to get more involved in the networking conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Second, LinkedIn is the channel that you're going to find me most active on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and any upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure that you send a little note in your connection request that references social capital. I cannot wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that focus, that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand that customer. You can learn more about Keystone Click's customer journey process at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Jennifer Shaheen. Jennifer is the founder and president of the Technology Therapy Group. She is recognized as an expert in planning, implementing, and translating digital marketing and technology. Over her 20-year career, Jennifer has worked in a myriad of industries as a digital advisor. Finance, banking, manufacturing, design, construction, luxury, retail, and travel. Jennifer is a digital transformation expert user experience enthusiast and data insights specialist. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. Well, I love having guests on that speak the digital marketing language. So we're going to have an amazing conversation today. Absolutely. Let's dive right in. So talk to me a little bit about how important is mindset when we think about digital marketing and today's technologies. Oh my goodness. I love this question because, um, mindset is a big thing to do with being successful today. Um, as you probably know, Lori, doing what you do, you're in the same space as I am. Um, it's gotten more difficult to do certain things. And in that, why I say that is because oftentimes we're looking at being much more personalized in our digital marketing and, mindset is really important to getting you into that headspace of saying, I am trying to do the best thing for my customer or client who's trying to reach me and not always the easiest things for us as marketers. Um, and I, th- I think that's a, a really important part of, you know, talking about digital marketing today. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Um, and you know, there's just so many different things happening, new channels and not just channels, but just new tactics, um, new focus when it comes to what to communicate. It's definitely overwhelming, but being in the right mindset is going to make it such a better experience overall. I agree. And it's funny because um, one of the things that I do is I work with clients one-on-one doing some mentoring 
And oftentimes they'll get on a call and they'll be frustrated as we talk through it. And I get them to look at things in a different way and sort of shift their mindset. I had a client get off the phone with me the other day and go, you know, I started this call really frustrated, but thank you for, you know, showing me the wins. And we spent time looking (laughs) at some of their, you know, digital metrics and they didn't realize they were doing better because, you know, it's hard to see it, right? You don't always see the path to purchase so clearly because it's not a straight line. And I think that's also a mindset shift for a lot of people because, you know, you, we don't just think you walk in store, you buy product. It took a lot to get them to walk in the store. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's, you, you have, but you have to celebrate the little victories in addition to, to really appreciate the big ones, I'd say. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And I think you have to, what's really important. I love that you said that because not only do we need to celebrate it, but we need to, to note them. Like we need to track them. And if we're not, and that's probably another thing I like to get mindset shifting into <laughs> is I like small businesses to really start thinking about data early on, because I know a lot of people say, ah, I don't need that version of the software that's, you know, the paid one because it's only giving me connection to my Google Analytics or it only does this. But that slight mindset shift of valuing those components of data, it can be really impactful for you to see those small wins. Totally. Um, so let's just talk about di- digital marketing channels. I mean, how important do you think it is to be on all the digital marketing channels today? Uh, Well, let's talk about that, Laurie, because being on all of them can be somewhat overwhelming. Uh, I do think it's important that you protect your brand um, and reserve your names. And oftentimes, depending upon the size of your company, uh, I think it's important that we're really very specific about understanding the return on investment per channel. And to be on all of them, may mean that you're on none of them, right? It's kind of like if you spread all your money around, you don't often have an opportunity to focus it. So I do often talk to, again, depending upon clients and their budgets, right? Depending upon what your budget is, you always want to look at protecting your brand, but you may want to think a little bit about how you're putting your efforts into the channel based on who your audience is and what success or return you're getting. And Lori, you said it right at the beginning, you, you're most active on LinkedIn. And I would guess you're probably most active on LinkedIn because that's probably where you get the most return from your activity. Oh, hundred percent. And that's where my audience is too. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree that you should capture your handles so that someone doesn't try to hijack your brand um, on different uh, platforms, but really I'm a fan of, you know, let's go deep on a channel and own a channel versus spreading yourself too thin and trying to be everything, everybody across all the channels. I agree. And we're definitely aligned on that mentality. Um, especially because, um, I always talk to clients about this and I'm sure you've probably heard this. Someone will leave a podcast or a webinar or something, and they've fallen in love with the channel, but then they don't always realize, how much um, work it's going to be, or if that's the right fit for their audience. Um, And I I love that you said that because 
it really, it has to be twofold. Uh, your audience has to be there, but you have to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, it's interesting. I have a number of graphic design um, contacts in my, in my circle and they're all posting on Instagram because it's a visual platform, but then they're realizing they're not getting any business from it. And that's because their audience isn't there. It's other designers that are liking and commenting on their work. <laughs> um, so it's really, yeah, it, you have to figure out where your audience is. And then, then that's the channel that you go all in on. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. So let's talk about knowing which channels are working? How do you know if your the digital marketing channels are actually working for you? Well, um, first off, I mean, one of the things that I think you need to look at is the metrics for those channels. So uh, if you understand your audience, so if we go back to that point, then if you look at that particular channel, so uh, let's go ahead and use um, Instagram for a moment. If your account is set up as a business account, you will be able to see you know, information about your age, your demographics, uh, your followers. Um, the same is true for Facebook. The same is true for LinkedIn. Uh, so, you know, looking that information is extremely important to understanding if that is one, the audience that you said you wanted to be talking to. And then two, are you getting those followers there? And then what I often do is actually have people follow that through and see if, three, it's coming through any inquiries or outreach that they're getting. I love that. That's, that's the data, right? That you were just talking about. Um, yes. Really getting clear on, on what is the goal that you're trying to achieve and then looking at the data and it is, it is A-B testing. It's trial and error and you know, right now, yeah, my audience is on LinkedIn. That's why I'm spending time there. But who knows? Maybe there's a shift. Maybe there's a major disruptor that's happening in that in where my audience is going to hang out, you know, tomorrow. So it's what's working today may not work tomorrow. I mean, it likely will at this point, but you never know. And you have to be flexible. And, and the data is going to be the resource to help you make those types of intelligent business decisions. Yes. And that's an important word choice there. Intelligent business decisions. I, I love people say, well, I got to go with my gut. But one of the things I always explain to people is, well, can you use a gut check? And the data is a great gut check. <laughs> so you also mentioned like a B test things. So I think that's extremely important is to really understand like what your gut is saying, but use the data to back up your and almost hypothesize it like you would have in a science experiment. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm always a fan of having that kind of checks and balance system in place. And um, I'm a believer in trusting the gut, but at the same time, you know, that the data kind of has to, to drive that along too, to some extent. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, Jennifer, this is going to be a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today.
Jennifer, my goal, my purpose, my vision with this podcast is to help alleviate the fear that people have when they hear this word networking. So I'm hoping you can help me do that. Can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? Absolutely. Um, so first off, um, one, I don't know if you know this about me, Lori, but I used to teach a networking class. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Super fun. Um, I did. And um, I had um, four keys to being a successful networker. Uh, the first was listen. And so how we translate that into the digital world now is by reading the comments and the actual posts that people put in there. That is what now I call digital listening. Years ago, when I taught that class, you know, we would listen to someone speaking verbally. Um, so it still works. Right. And then ask thoughtful questions. Um, so that was my second tip is so we say, listen, ask, give, give something of value or, uh, feedback. It doesn't always have to be a lead with networking, but, um, a tip, um, a direction, something that, you know, shows that you as the listener and the person looking to grow that conversation, uh, is really engaged and paying attention. And the last is, um, my fourth tip is always record. Um, why that was so important is when I started my business in the late nineties, <laughs> uh, I was very into keeping a record of all of my conversations and everyone I met in a CRM or customer relationship management database. And that record portion was so important because it really helped me connect the dots between the people I met and the referrals I received. And I believe that those four tips are still really important today. I love that. Um, that's interesting. So I, I have like my three rules of networking and I was really trying to figure <laughs> out where, like, is there a difference? What are you doing differently? Um, I'm going to just share mine real quick. Cause I'm sure you're curious. <laughs> um, mine is uh, your number one rule is to be authentic and your genuine self. I think it, um, people can smell fake and that's a huge turnoff. And then if you are being yourself, you will attract those that um, like you and respect you for who you are. Two is to give first. So that's where we definitely have um, some crossover. Um, you know, always something. It doesn't have to be, like you said, a, a referral. It could just be something of value. And then the third one is to follow through and to make sure that you actually do whatever it is you say you're going to do to someone. So we have a little bit of, of differences and some crossover, but I love it. I, I love yours too. They're, they're great. I agree with that. And I think that your last one is why I started to do the, the fourth one on mine, which is the record, because sure. how else could I remember to follow through if I wasn't <laughs> keeping track of what I said I was going to do? So I absolutely love that. I appreciate you saying it. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you for yours. It's fun. I, I don't have many guests that come in with like, here are my networking rules. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Um, Jennifer, how do you stay in front of or best nurture your network in your community? Oh my goodness. Um, so <laughs> right now I have to be honest, after the holiday, uh, you sort of feel like you're in that haze, right? I call it the holiday haze. Um, but um, one of the best ways that I find um, is 
for me is almost that, you know, where I say the listen, the digital listening has become really important for me, uh, going down and thoughtfully looking through, um, what people are talking about and, and adding that commentary, uh, for relationship. Um, but the other thing is making time to at least reach out, um, and build those one-on-one relationships. Uh, I do think that's always important as well. Lori is, as I'm sure you'll talk to your side of it as well, but, uh, I think we get so caught up in what we're doing that we really need to make that time to step back and say, I need to be connecting with and spending time one-on-one time with people. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the, the one-on-one time is where you really build that deeper relationship. And in the more you do it, it, this might sound weird, the less you actually have to do it with the individual because you are creating a deeper relationship of trust. So the less, the less effort is required to, to maintain that relationship in the long term. Absolutely. And uh, to that point, the more they think about you, right? So, um, and you them. So it's definitely a reciprocal where uh, I, I had this happen today as someone read an article. Um, I've been really digging into learning um, about NFTs uh, and um, the value that they're having in the digital space uh, mm-hmm. because we work in the world of luxury. And so again, not talking about this with my clients yet, because I'm still learning. And someone was kind enough to send me an article today on that very hot topic that I'm, you know, trying to immerse myself in to see where the future of technology is going. (laughs) Um, But that, that, that type of thoughtfulness only comes from a strong network. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. Um, Yeah, I'm getting in and just high level research on lots of different topics, but that's an area that I'm looking at as well. Jennifer, what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? So I think that really growing your network means growing it intelligently. I want to go back to something we were just talking about a little while ago, which is our audience. So if you're growing your network um, and I want to stand in something you just said, Lori, is, you know, authentically, you know, be honest with yourself about like what you need to grow your business and also those kinds of partners that you feel not only will give value to you, but you can give value to them. So uh, you cannot be all things to all people. Uh, So I think it's really important in growing your network to be reaching out and working with those where you do see really strong reciprocal relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of that reciprocity philosophy and and approach and there's some people out there that are just givers and others that are just takers. And I think it, it, the relationship is best when it's a mutually beneficial, you know, we, we, we all care about each other's success. Absolutely. I agree. All right. I've got a fun one for you. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? So it's interesting because I had those four rules for you, right? I had a really good process for networking. Um, What I noticed um, as I grew my team, I somehow lost that process mindset. And that is something I really 
really wish I had not lost because when I was working by myself, I had this idea of being very focused and disciplined and process oriented. And then the more I brought on team members, I sort of uh, let go and let them. And that is a, I don't want to say that I'm controlling Laurie, but I do find that it is so important when you're growing an organization and you're bringing on team members that you be very clear about your process, which will then dictate your expectations. I love that. And, and I feel like that's a conversation you and I should have offline because the similar 20 year old self, you know, mental state, I guess, mindset <laughs> positioning and how I handled some things, but um, no, that, that, that's something we can definitely kind of go deeper in at a different time. Um, but for now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me? Uh, sure. Um, so, you know, we were talking a little bit on the, the marketing um, and networking side. So um, from your perspective, you know, what, what do you feel like is um, something that you people, you think more people should be doing in, in networking? Um, networking and even, you know, digital marketing side, I think really maximizing the social media channels and not just looking for, um, the, the quick win. It is a long-term strategy. And so it's a long-term, um, it's a long-term play. I mean, you're not, I'm fascinated. One of the reasons I started a topic of, of podcasting on networking is early on in my career, you know, I, I would go to networking events, I'd make some relationships and, and, you know, they were fun people to hang out with. And I didn't realize that, you know, fast forward 20 years, and these people would still be very well connected and a part of my life. And I just, it, it blows my mind that, you know, you're not, a lot of people don't think about they're looking at the present moment and how can this person help me today? They're not really looking at, this is a relationship that I could be having for, you know, a lifetime basically, and it could benefit me and I can benefit them in numerous ways for a long period of time. Um, and that just goes back to providing value and giving and being a resource to people instead of just looking short-term. Absolutely. And so if I can ask a follow-up question sure. based on, <laughs> so one of my follow-up questions is just to, on the, with marketing automation, um, you know, I think a lot of people fear it because they think it takes the relationship out of marketing. What are your thoughts on that? I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Just like there is anything. Um, and uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in being strategic in your actions and you'll see after, you know, the show goes live, you're going to get some marketing automation messages from me. And I've never had any complaints about the messages more times than not. I get people replying to the messages that are being sent and it's creating efficiency. I'm still in your inbox and it's not, um, it's not, I'm, I'm not doing hard sales tactics. I'm simply reminding you that we had a great conversation and I want to thank you for that. And, um, here's some value that I'm offering to you. And, and, um, 
I think marketing automation is a great way to give you more time to be strategic in other aspects of that relationship building, such as the one-to-one conversations like you talked about earlier. You can have that automated, you know, one-to-many kind of messaging that's going out there to stay in front of from like a branding perspective. And that's extremely important when it comes to networking. That automation allows you to have more time to do those deeper conversations. I agree with you. And one of the things that I think um, I know I run into this, Lori, is a lot of businesses have a really hard time getting that set up. And it's that's why I brought back, bring it up because we were talking about process and mm-hmm. setting things up, right? And our setup and our process, that's the hard part. That's the upfront work. But then, man, you're right. But I know we sort of push it off and I will be the first person to tell you all I'm no different. I'm human, (laughs) but that's exactly what it is, is, um, I realized that one of the things, one of the reasons I bought into it myself is the record part of my business years ago, when I did the marketing and the networking is I used to set up triggers though when I would answer something I would remind myself of a follow-up and so those small components made such a difference and with today with customers and clients expecting you to be much more personalized you can do that now with some of these great digital tools that we have well I mean there's (laughs) the technology is and obviously this is your world too way more advanced than people even realize right now but you're right it's all in the setup and and it's being strategic and my one of my favorite um books is seven habits of highly effective people one of the habits is start with the end in mind and i i take that to heart and basically everything that I do. So if you look at marketing automation, you know, what is the goal starting with the end in mind? And then you kind of reverse engineer, like what, what is the next step that needs to happen to get to that, that next phase and kind of back your back, back plan. I like reverse engineer back better (laughs) reverse engineer, how you're going to flesh out that automation. And it's, it sounds scary and intimidating and it's what it is, is it's time intensive and it does require some brain power to think through the logic of what do I want to happen next? But once you get that done, it's like magic. (laughs) You want to measure it. Like we've talked about as well. You want to make sure those activities are performing. Right. Um, but it, it's, yeah, marketing automation, there's so many cool things that can happen with it. And um, not enough people are really leveraging the tools and resources to, to help create efficiency in their life. Well, and I think what's really important about this conversation is, and it goes back to why I said, I really wish I hadn't let it go of process. And now I'm very process focused is because mm-hmm. by laying out your process and being clear about a process, you can automate it. Um, you can find your redundancies um, in places where you can automate things. And, you know, it does make it um, easier to set a process up, automate it, and then say, hmm, what am I missing now? Um, so personally, you know, I think 
I agree with you. I, I've gotten, I drank this Kool-Aid a long time ago. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that is one of the things that will make small businesses go further, farther, faster. Um, and it's sort of like going from the, you know, the minor leagues to the majors is just learning how to lay that out and getting back time into other areas of your business. 100%. Love it. So Jennifer, what final words of advice would you like to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? So I think in general, uh, I want to go to something which is really important for growing and supporting your network. I think you really want to be mindful of, you know, what you're putting out there and um, the and the message you're trying to to spread. I think that's really important because I love what you said, Lori. I'm going to go to it, it that authenticity, but you attract <laughs> what you're putting out there, and I think that's really important. Um, I really appreciated that. So uh, that, that, that just keep do, as we say, you know, you do you right. Be yourself and you will attract those that come to you. And that's really how you're going to build one, a, a loyal network, but also, you know, a great business. hundred percent agree with that. All right. So if anyone is interested in connecting with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Well, uh, technologytherapy.com is our website and you can always find me there. And just like Lori, I am very active on LinkedIn, um, but I'm also on Facebook uh, and Instagram because I'm blessed to have a great team. So start at our website and then you can take it from there. Love it. We will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Lori, for having me. I appreciate it. It was a fun conversation. Totally went super fast as well. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Jennifer for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's definitely connect on LinkedIn. Connect with me, connect with Jennifer. We're both definitely excited to hear from you. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. Most importantly, go reach out and connect with someone. Reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Now go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.